Welcome, welcome, welcome back to Days and Infuse. I'm Latham Woodward, your host as always. And today we are privileged to have Derek Chase with us. And Derek Chase is the founder of Silhouette Wellbeing and Flora and Bast. Silhouette Wellbeing is in the, um, I would say, the mushroom space, perhaps. I, that might be That's the correct. simplistic way of putting it. And Flora Bast is in the, uh, the cannabis industry. And um, we're just talking to um, Derek about mushrooms, cannabis, and everything. A little departure from our normal course of, uh, of show today. Um, and Derek, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. It's great to be on with you, Latham. No problem at all. We have had a little bit of a tech issue, so it's going to sound a little different than normal, but uh, I really appreciate you being here. Um, let's just start off with Silhouette Wellbeing um, and talk about what it is. And uh, for you at home, you can look it up at silhouette.com. That's P-S-I-L-O-U-E-T-T-E.com. And um, Derek, tell us what Silhouette Wellbeing is. Sure. So Silhouette Wellbeing came about, um, obviously, um, in the uh, aftermath of uh, launching a CBD brand. Um, so we've, we've recently started to, um, uh, I would say, dabble um, in the formulation side of uh, a processed uh, psilocybin-containing mushroom goods. So um, we currently, our, our, our lead product, which we donate to, to our community um, is in a gummy format, you know, gummies uh, being the preferred format for most people taking um, a psychedelic or a cannabis product. And so um, we, we started to use it on the heels of, you know, the knowledge of, of, of decriminalization and legalization in certain municipalities um, and, and just a, an eager want by our community to um, provide access and education uh, around psilocybin because uh, you know, the, the, the press has picked up on it. Um, so it's with such a feverish pitch and, and there's so much information about the therapeutic benefits of, of psilocybin that we've started, uh, you know, kind of put the cart before the horse and, and started formulating prior to full legalization. But basically what our strategy is right now at, at Silhouette is to um, uh, grow the best material, process it in a way which is dose uh, dependent, right? Making sure every everything is dosed uh, according to the label, uh, and giving people access to something where they don't usually have access to, which is, which is mushrooms. So, right now we're really in this kind of learning period. Um, we've spent about 18 months formulating and figuring out some of the do's and don'ts of formulating um, with a, a psilocybin uh, product. Um, but you know, for us, it's really about meeting the consumer where they are and where, where they're trying to get. So it's really about giving out the medicine and, and, and getting feedback uh, more than it is sort of like, a, you know, your average uh, commercial endeavor, which is try to sell product to, to, to consumers. So it's really about um, getting product into people's hands for the therapeutic use and intentional use uh, of psilocybin um, and getting ready for legalization in, in a host of municipalities and states across the, the U.S., so one of my big questions that I, I was talking to Brasco about, he's our producer before um, this um, interview was, how do you dose psilocybin? What's the methodology in there? What is the dose for an individual person and how do you determine that? Yeah, it's, a, it's, a, it's the, the best question you could probably ask, especially as a starting question. 
question. Um, and it really comes comes back to um, the use occasion. So what are you using it for? And, and we have like probably three main uses. The, the first, the primary and the most popular is the microdose community um, who knows the uh, or have heard or read about the advantages of using a psilocybin-based product for the treatment of anxiety, depression, PTSD, uh, alcohol and drug abuse. The, the list goes on of what you could use a microdose regimen um, to uh, help ameliorate. Um, so, so that's number one is that like below the level of consciousness, you don't feel like you've taken anything. That's what we would consider a microdose. The, the mid-step between that is what we refer to as a nootropic dose. Uh, a nootropic dose being one where you, you can feel like you, you, you feel like you've taken something, but it's not inebriating and it's not immersive and it's not giving you anything that would take you off course. It actually um, is being used to focus your attention. Um, and, and, and I'll get to the sort of dosage ranges per after. Um, and then the last one would be a macrodose routine, which is way outside of the doses of a, a micro and a nootropic dose. And we're talking, you know, uh, call it a gram plus, but more like three to five grams. Mm -hmm. So uh, dosing when it comes to gummies is really inhibited. Like you can't really have a five gram gummy, right? Because you can't fit that much mushroom powder into a gummy. You could, for instance, take a, a synthetic um, form of psilocybin, um, which, you know, 10 milligrams is a, is a pretty good dose for, um, for straight psilocybin. Um, uh, just going back to our strain, ours is at about a 2% potency psilocybin to uh, dry weight. So um, long-winded way of saying three real dosing regimens. And then within those, there's ranges. So we have between 50 and 200 milligrams for your average microdose. Um, you know, 200 milligrams is really where, for most people, is the max where you, you know, start to feel some of the effects of, of the mushroom. Um, the nootropic dose is anywhere up to a gram, you know, plus 200 up to a gram. And then again, macro dose, you know, you, we don't have many consumers doing more than five grams at a time, but mm -hmm. that's when you start to get larger larger numbers okay so let's let's talk about just the common mushroom uh interpretation sure. that most people have from high school like me and college right yes. now are, are these oh. things like liberty caps are they i can't even remember all the names of them all but <laughs> i mean is totally. it like um I notice on your website, Lion's Mane keeps coming up, but I see Lion's Mane in health and wellness stores. Is it, do they have psilocybin in Lion's Mane? So the way that we, in order to maintain a Shopify store, um, uh -huh. we replace the, uh, a, we, we actually do make that product. Um, but we, we talk to, we sort of have set the website up for trademarking purposes more than anything. And people that know can order through the site, but for the most part, that's uh, uh, the, the lion's mane is a totally separate animal. Um, you know, there are neuroactive properties to lion's mane, which is why we do formulate with that. You know, uh, Paul Stamets has a stack which incorporates niacin and lion's mane into it to 
um, help uh, the effects of the psilocybin from um, so there, there's many uses for, for lion's mane, but our, our genetics from a psilocybin mushroom product are actually called albinos. Um, it's a very, um, you, you know, we consider it a good tasting product. Uh, we don't have many, many complaints about the taste, which, you know, some people can when they get a dry bag of mushrooms. Um, sure. But, but yes, yeah, so we, we, um, we, we do use a psilocybin containing mushroom. It's one strain and it's uh we do that in order to ensure prior to having um uh of, you know uh re- readily available testing you know we have to go based on um uh, same cultivar uh, same cultivator same strain to ensure that you know our doses are consistent across time and across products okay um so let me ask you, there's so many, I got so many questions going in my head right now. Yeah. So I, I was, you know, I remember a lot of um, stories um, about PTSD and um, Iraq war veterans coming back and using uh, microdose psilocybin as part of their routine, uh, Afghani returnees too. Was that kind of the nexus as to when this started to take off? Uh, mm-hmm. in public perception? Is that kind of the same time? Yeah, I think that um, the wartime period and the resulting trauma experienced by a massive percentage of the population was a huge reason for alternative therapies coming to the table and getting cultural acceptance because there is no good treatment for PTSD. Um, and PTSD, right, post-traumatic stress syndrome, is post-trauma, and everyone is going through trauma. Everyone in their life is formed by trauma, and that trauma can have a good impact. It can have a a, a potentially troubling impact, and a lot of people simply need help um, turning that trauma into uh, something usable, something tangible, something they can learn a lesson from, something they can come back from. And so healing trauma is a huge, I would say the number one use case for psilocybin. And there's so many areas where we're experiencing trauma. I mean, the COVID time period is a huge traumatic experience, a a, a wartime period, even way more. So I do think that wartime did lead to, uh, you know, this search for a better solution because there, there weren't really any solutions. Um, So, yeah, that's a, I mean, I think that's a pretty good, um, uh, example of one of the big pillars of, of why um, psychedelics, specifically psilocybin, are in the news for being able to treat, you know, some of these more uh, difficult to treat illnesses. Right. Um, okay, so good answer. But let's let's go back to a question I usually ask most of my guests at the start of the show. Sure. What What's your historical relationship to mushrooms? And normally I said, what's your historical relationship to cannabis? But in this case, it's mushrooms. <laughs> sure. Where Where'd you find sure, it? So- so I actually, uh, in an unlikely place, or may- maybe people would think it's likely, but in, in New York City, um, I uh, I come from the corporate world, and I'd spent ten years, you know, working corporate and and trying to sort of find my way, and 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 you know later come to find like probably was never cut out to do a corporate gig, um, and so through, you know, developing some some, you know, I would call them neuroses, but some could ladder them up to even. 
you know, mental illnesses of anxiety and, and depression and, um, you know, loss of sleep, loss of uh, sexual appetite. Um, I reached out to a friend who put me in touch with um, someone who's grown to be a mentor in my life now who turned me on actually to it wasn't it wasn't um, actually psilocybin first. It was a, a product or a medicine called Combo, which is the venom of a, a tree frog out of the Amazon, uh, mm-hmm. which is applied topically. You burn your make little burns in your arm, and you, you place this this medicine, i.e., poison, on on your on these open wounds, and you have uh, it's actually more of a purging experience. Uh, but that kind of opened up my eyes to alternative therapies for for treating um, some you know mental afflictions. Um, and then soon thereafter was able to um, have access to uh, a shamanic practitioner. Um, and we um, began to uh, work with some substances like ayahuasca, San Pedro, psilocybin, um, and, and DMT. So, you know, it was introduced in a very therapeutic um, place and, and a very sort of what I would consider a late time in my life. I was um, uh, 31 at the time. And so it was, um, it, it, I didn't, you know, like my cannabis experience, which was much different. I was introduced in a recreational environment when I was, you know, 13. Um, so it was definitely, um, definitely a, a different entry into the category and, and still continues to be a therapeutic um, a tool for me, you know, more of a maintenance and, and often, uh, it's a maintenance. It's a call a daily maintenance or a weekly maintenance, and and we get into the macro space, uh, you know, once or twice a year. But you know, it's it's not necessarily about how much you do or how often. It's really about you know uh, doing it with the, with a specific intention and then integrating that intention. Okay. Um, so so that's how I came into it was strictly through the therapeutics uh, and at an older age to try to treat some of my um, mental afflictions. Okay, the good answer again. Um, let's go a little w- weird and divergent. Um, uh, much like um, I've seen on Joe Rogan and other things um, of that nature. Um, this thing about the man with the purse, you know, the sham- shamanic things you you just discussed. Yeah. You, I'm sure you're aware yeah. of the the guy who's in almost every depiction, um, religious and uh, ritualistic. Uh, engravings and reliefs found in almost every culture around the world. And they call it the man with the purse. Um, you're mm-hmm. familiar with this concept? Yes. Um, but not as, not as, uh, much as it sounds like you are. Um, but yeah, well, it, it, um... it, it sounds like that, um, from, you know, what people are divining from this, it's just strange that in almost every culture, there's a representation of this person or thing with either a mask on or something that it's like a shaman and he's carrying a little purse. And now the theory is that this is someone who, whatever, whatever, it might be an alien. It might be something else, probably just a traveler um, who is bringing, you know, psilocybin and or other hallucinogenics to the populations of the new, the world, basically, you know, 10,000 years ago. And they were spreading this around, and it's it's strangely um, uniform around the world. Um, I yeah. find it very fascinating that this representation is in almost every culture. Um, yeah. Any comment on that? I mean, it's it's very interesting though to me. Yeah, and I and I think you know 
we in modern society, you know, think that everything has been McDonald's and Chick-fil-A forever, right? Like we have this sort of corporate mentality of what the world is like. And we, we forget about our ancestors who lived in a totally different life for much longer, right? And the medicine man was, yeah, shows up in, in most cultures and there is some sign of psychedelic use across most cultures, at least from an interpretation perspective. And, and, it, and it, makes, it makes a lot of sense um, as you think about the indigenous use um, of psychedelics. Uh, it, it makes sense that there was this medicine man. Uh, it makes sense that, you know, these were used in, in ritual to modify states of consciousness um, but but it, I think goes goes away from what we think of as as society, right? Like we don't think of having a leader, lead a medicine circle, or, or lead an inebriating experience as something that would be legal, right? Like that seems like an illegal activity. So it's so far away from what we in modern society would consider to be something plausible that would have happened throughout history. But as, right. as you've mentioned, like there's so there's so much proof for it. Um, and, you know, the stoned ape theory and the, all these theories around altering consciousness. I think if we if we took a step back and said, you know, all, all that they were trying to do is alter consciousness. And that's what we're constantly doing, whether it's with food or sex or anything. You know, there's different ways to modulate your consciousness. And psychedelics is a huge and powerful one, especially when used intentionally. And to think that they weren't would be just I mean it just wouldn't make any sense given how much information there is about, you know, in, in even the art on the walls of these indigenous populations. Right. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think there's a lot of credence to that, to that theory. And um, it's, it's interesting. Uh, never, also, you know, <laughs> it certainly oh, gets oh. your mind thinking, you know, about it, especially when you see the pictures it, and it's not hard to totally. find online. I mean, we, you can just go through almost every, you know, society had it. Um, yep. you know, you mentioned earlier, like, um, DMT and, you know, the mm -hmm. reset, um, many people have said that, you know, if you've had this dramatic trauma, DMT can help you quite a bit. Um, it mm -hmm. is psilocybin directly analogous to use of DMT for a reset in mental reset. So it's really, it's a hard question to answer because every person's physiology is different number one and number two the dosage um yeah. most people don't realize that you could you can microdose dmt um when you macrodose dmt yeah you may have a more pronounced experience especially if it's 5-meo dmt than you would with a macrodose of psilocybin I, I would i would say yes you can probably reach a higher plane with dmt higher doesn't necessarily mean better um so DMT is a very interesting one as you think about the medicinal applications um, on, on the, like, I would say if you were to argue that DMT is, is difficult to be therapeutic, it's because it, it, is, it is so um, uh, immersive, right? But on the flip side, it's a 15 to 20 minute experience as right. opposed to hours and even days with something like uh, with uh, LSD. So it all comes down to the dosing 
um, what you're ta- how much you're taking, who's administering it, what you're trying to do with it. All of those have just as big of a hand in the experience as does the medicine itself. So it's hard to really, it's hard to, to um, give you a straight answer on, you know, how certain things are used, should be used, and what the experience is going to be because it's highly dependent on, on all those factors I just mentioned. So um, the reset is interesting because I, I, I've heard mixed results with DMT. I've heard incredibly yep. positive, like mind-altering, life-altering results. I've yep. also heard some totally. scary-ass shit, to be honest with you, about DMT. Exactly. About yep. meeting, like, you know, demons that warn you not to come back there. And, uh, yep. I mean, I'm, I'm personally kind of just intrigued that, you know, they, doctors and palliative care doctors say that DMT is the exact yep. same experience as you, you have when you're dying, which is biz- yep. bizarre. I don't know why you'd want to go there, really, you know. But I, I have personal experience with mushrooms. I'm, um, I'm not a big fan of it personally, um, although I was um, doing it kind of freelancing, so to speak. Um, yep. Yep. And, and mainly because for me with psilocybin mushrooms, uh, I got a terrible stomachache every time I tried them. Yep. Every time. Yep. Just, yep. just not worth it to me, you know. So yep, that was totally. my big thing where it's like, uh, I don't want this again. This made me feel like shit, you know? So, yep, but yep. with regard to other psychedelics, I have had experience with psychedelics, which I found to be um, life altering to me. Totally. I mean, completely totally. life altering in terms of every day I think about the lessons I learned, um, which to some people listening to this may be bullshit. That's not true. It is true. And, <laughs> and it really, it really helps you take um, and take into account your position in the universe and in life. Um, sometimes, yep. sometimes it can be a little scary, but <laughs> you know, yep. at least you totally. know where you, where you sit. Right. Totally. totally. Yeah. And it's a really good point to bring up um, both the differences in tolerability of different substances per person i mean i think that's a a huge one like not everybody is going to respond favorably to psilocybin not everyone's going to respond favorably to lsd and and they could be mutually exclusive so you could just like your what you've just described um and so it is a tough one when when you have conversations with people who have had bad experiences to tell them that oh no that you know you, you could have a good one here um so it's uh, the, the, the world of psychedelics and from a medicinal perspective is com- 100% completely tied to one's intention. And so if you take it in this freelance capacity, you're, it, you'll have a roll of the dice. You could have a great experience, but you may not. And to tell you the truth, I would tell you if you've not set your set up your set and setting to be, you know, favorable to what you're trying to achieve. You're, you're probably not. I mean, I've had many uncomfortable psychedelic experiences, specifically my first time taking LSD. I took way too much and was, you know, writhing on the floor for four hours. So, yeah. uh, you know, going through that, I can't say was necessarily a bad thing, right? I look back on a lot of trauma and say, I learned something from it. Or I can pull something from it. Um, but psychedelics can be equally harmful um, when taken at high doses as they can 
um, uh, 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 helpful. So that that's the sort of like double-edged sort of it all is having a bad trip can can be damaging to your psyche, um, can can cause anxiety, and I, you know it's it's hard to, it's hard to describe the exact you know rationale why, but it's you know it basically will heighten and intensify the thing you're trying to achieve, and if you're trying to achieve getting over some 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 trauma and that trauma reliving that trauma is painful the experience might be painful but the hope is that through integration and through working with your 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 guide you'll be able to overcome um uh the experience that you're having and, 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 and truly get to a positive place like you intended to yeah you know i'm a child of the 60s i was born in mm-hmm. 1964 and i i came up honestly, with some really good people um, in terms of experimentation with LSD. I'm not my, I'm, well, I was way too young, obviously. But um, with the, the guys who we, we at the time used guides. Um, yep. When you tripped, you had someone who knew what it was all about first. And they, they stayed mm-hmm. with you and they did not dose. They stayed you know, sober as possible and directed you toward a good thing um the people i know who you know really fucked up and took like eight doses of four-way window pane for those of you (laughs) too young to know what that is (laughs) but this is back in the grateful dead days you know um and four-way window pane is supposed to be split between four people really but i know people who are just like you know i'm gonna take four of these and i was like that's 16 doses i don't think you want to do that and unfortunately (laughs) when you don't know what the F you're doing. Um, I have several friends who it has affected them forever. Um, to this, to this day, they're not the same person I knew then, which is a tragic thing. Mm. So I, I think direction and, uh, uh, really getting down to the nitty gritty with someone who knows what they're doing and talking to them about what's going to happen and perhaps getting a guide for your more intense trips is a good idea, but that's not what, silhouette does you're you're advocating you know utilizing mushroom therapy in a low dose and then perhaps a, at times macro dose version so i i think that's very yeah. admirable and I, I do you offer things like guidance toward this or do you directionalize people toward you know where they can get um information about utilizing mushrooms in, in psychedelic therapy Totally. So we have in, in um, at least in L.A. and New York, we have um, uh, people who work with the medicine as a career. Um, obviously, the, it's still a clandestine um, uh, industry. And, you know, there's a lot of uh, uh, fear around, you know, what, what could happen if, you know, they're exposed. So we keep it, you know, luckily we have you know, our main channel of consumers comes through Florin Bast, you know, and, and people looking for the, thera- the therapy of cannabis. And eventually, you know, and it's a lot with our, our anxiety, people looking or buying our anxiety products are very interested in, in our, um, our psychedelic offering. But basically, we, we publish um, our newsletter, which at times, you know, gives the nod that we are, um, we offer for free for donation um these psychedelic goods um and so we're able to have people that are coming in that are already suffering 
looking to treat with an alternative medicine to what the, the, the conventional medicine world would offer. And then we can have that conversation and then we can introduce them to a low dose format. And from there, they really take the bull by the horns to decide what they do, which is truly the, what we want. You know, we want psychedelics to be for the people, by the people. We don't want, we don't like what we, I don't, I don't want to say we don't like it because I, that's the wrong, I don't want to sort of be a hater, but we don't believe in this billion dollar valuation startup to um, patent a molecule that has similar activity to psilocybin so that we can control the market and sell a bunch of goods. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we're lucky enough to have been able to be a part of the launching of cannabis to the world, right? The legal launch of cannabis. And now with, with psychedelics here, we, we just feel very lucky. Um, and so our mission now is to provide, it's really about the education. Obviously the access is, is important because there aren't, it's not readily available. So from a harm reduction perspective, we want to be able to offer goods that are truly, you know, natural, organic, and what, you know, dosed appropriately and are what they say they are, which you can't really, you can't get that really on the black market. So the low dose, also going back to your point of, you know, psychedelics being used historically by so many people, you know, we didn't start uh, uh, using, like those people didn't start using psychedelics at a late age. They, They grew up with moderate doses and being, you know, it was a slow and steady sort of come up to, to what we would consider what, where they were using it ritualistically. So getting um, uh, sort of acquainted with how it feels to take some of these substances is, is really the first step because so many people have anxiety about how they're going to feel on these substances. And so if you're, if your internal set is anxious you're probably going to have an anxious experience. So we want to pave the way for, for good experiences. And that starts with the low dose strategy with ample education. And we don't, we don't push people to macrodose. Like that's, you got to be called to that and want to do that. If you're getting pressured to do it and you feel like maybe you should do it because people are doing it. That's, that's, that's the, the formula yeah. for a bad trip. So that's the absolute it's, it's wrong really reason about to the, do it. As we wrap this up here, we don't want to forget Flora and Bast, which is your cannabis um, company. And Flora and Bast also, that's F-L-O-R-A um, plus Mark B-A-S-T. And there uh, you can look them up at Flora and A-N-D Bast, B-A-S-T dot com. Um, you guys offer uh, tinctures, um, therapeutic tinctures. You also offer uh, bioceutical gummies with CBN. You also have an interesting patch, a transdermal patch. Um, sleep mask and, uh, sleep aid, um, and, um, a bunch of other stuff. What is Florin Bass doing? Why'd you found, uh, Florin Bass? So Florin Bass makes wellness products across what we would consider the biggest, um, opportunities for cannabis, which are, uh, well, kind of the known ones are, are sleep and coming to be sex people understand the connection there um anxiety as well but then skin is really where we have um the lion's share of our products number one because i come from uh that world in a a previous life with skincare um Mm -hmm. and sephora took a chance on us early back in 2017 uh prior to the, the the farm bill being launched and so that they actually paved the way for the brand to have the funding to 
um, to, to, to launch. Um, so we do have a good amount of topicals and cannabis is the perfect topical agent because all of us suffer with inflammation, which manifests in a variety of different ways, but most people don't realize how much of an impact it has on skin, whether it's premature aging or, or acne, right? Inflammation mm-hmm. is at its core. So we make a lot of topical products that speak to inflammation and aging and acne and, and you know, your, your, your skin concerns, but then, you know, sleep, sex, and anxiety are, are really, you know, bigger growing categories for us. Um, and that really, um, you know, cannabis really shines, especially for sleep. I mean, sleep's our number one category for, for online. Because we do business with Sephora, skincare is our biggest nationally. But uh, for our own website, sleep is really the key. And the more we find out about cannabis and the, the rare cannabinoids like CBN, the more it inspires me to look at mushrooms, for instance, and try to figure out, well, what else is in this, in, in this mushroom fruiting body, right? Only 2% is psilocybin. There's a whole... 98% we have no idea what it is really except for soluble and insoluble beta-glucan. So um, the, the two worlds, cannabis and, and um, um, psilocybin mushrooms are, while they're very different from an actual um, you know, plant versus fungi, they're, they're very similar in the ways that there's very little information on it and there's much more to be uh, learned about it for uh, the application for specific ailments. So that's how the that's how the two sort of like play off each other. But um, yes, Florida Ambassador is, uh, is, uh, is our cannabis brand, and uh, we're we're very lucky again to be to be um, able to formulate with cannabis because you know ten years ago that wasn't the case. So yeah, we're just we're just lucky, it's, and we'd be happy cool. to offer your consumers uh, a discount code. I know we didn't talk about this before, but uh, if we want to do a discount code or free samples to your consumers, I'm happy to oblige. Yeah, well, I'm, we could probably just do a discount code, a dazed infused or something like that, and you get a, hey. a discount. How's that sound? That sounds perfect. Okay, well, um, if you have, uh, is there any plugs you want to plug? I mean, I, obviously, we were talked about Silhouette, and we talked about Flora and Bast. Uh, we're at that point in the story, uh, or the, the hour here, where... I want to ask you a stony story. Do you have a stony story you want to tell us or people at home? It has to do with you or a friend or a grandma or someone accidentally eating too many brownies. Anything is entertaining because everyone likes a stony story. Oh, man. Uh, Putting me on the spot to entertain. Let me think for a minute. I mean, my first, I mean, my first, I... Let me well, think while, of, while you I think about that, you. while you think about that for a yeah. second, I'm going to give you a plug here. And you can find Silhouette um, at Silhouette.com. And that's P-S-I-L-O-U-E-T-T-E.com. And that's for your mushroom-assisted mental clarity. Um, like we've been talking about the whole hour here, Microdose, Macrodose, and Stacks, which is another product that they're doing. So look at Silhouette.com for your mushroom additives to your life and mental health. Um, and then if you're looking for some sleep aids and some good cannabis products that look very good, look at floraandbast.com. That's F-L-O-R-A-N-A-N-D-B-A-S-T. That's two A's in the middle, floraandbast.com, bast.com. All right, you got a stony story for us? Oh, man. Well, it's, it's, it's not quite as historical hysterical as I would expect a stony story. I, I'm not the story guy when it comes to my friend group, but I, I guess I think this is an interesting stony story. So the f- first time I smoked hash, which I was 14. Um, so this, this speaks to uh, how, how 
crazy cannabis can be. And the double-edged sword of any sort of plant-based medicine is first time I smoked hash, I, and this isn't uncommon nowadays, I begged the person who gave it to me to take me to the hospital for probably four hours. And so despite this, like God awful, like the worst, it's the first time I've, I mean, ever had anything in the, in the vein of a panic attack. Despite that, my, my, you know, I would still return to the product and, and at a later time in my life, turn to it for therapeutics. So I, I returned to cannabis when I was uh, 24 for the purposes of aiding my sleep. Um, but it, it, I guess it's, um, it, it's funny to see the, the different uh, either doses or, or, or methods of, of administration and the eventual experience that you have can be so much different with the same substance, just different people, different dosages, and you can have a highly therapeutic, very um, rewarding experience versus something that you would say, I hope I never have to feel like that again. Um, So, well, that's not very funny. Uh, I'm sorry to all you fans out there. I guess I got to heat up the offer. So the the discount code was going to be 20%. I'm going to make it 30% because that was not a good stony story. But uh, that's well, the, that's what I got I'll, for you. Today. I'll ask you another I difficult just, question in the future for a bigger discount. Right, that's fantastic. It might go to forty percent now. Yeah, it might go to forty percent <laughs> discount if I don't have a good answer. So um, hopefully that discount code will be dazed infused. One word: dazed. D a z e d i n f u s e d. And go to either Silhouette or Flora and Bast to take advantage of those offers. Um, Derek, so nice to have you on the show. Interesting subject matter. And I think you answered a lot of questions. If you ever want to come back and talk about anything else in the space or maybe um, interesting movements in the space, let me know and we'll have you back on. As always, this show is brought to you by Shuggies, S-H-O-O-G-I-E-S. Today, we are very proud to say that our 500 milligram and 1000 milligram infused concentrate agave powdered sugar is on the market low in sucrose, low in um, fruct, um, low in glucose, low in sucrose and high in fructose for you, for those of you who have sugar issues, look for it in a dispensary near you. It's an infused concentrate, um, five milligrams per scoop. Great for your mental health, great for sleep. And it is also amazing high. And I think you'll enjoy it very much. Look at Shuggies our new infused concentrate at a dispensary near you. Derek, thanks very much for being here. And thanks for telling us about Florin Bass and Silhouette. Of course. Thank you, Latham. I appreciate it. And it was a fun conversation. I hope you'll uh, have you back in the future. I will indeed. And we will see you again on the next episode of Days and Infused. Thanks for being here. The opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast, republication, or retransmission of this program without proper consent is prohibited.